This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Here in the box, got the ball in there, and it's 1 0 straight away. 70 seconds on the clock when Danny Rose fires past Archie Mayer, and Harry Clifton was left all alone. There's an inquest going on inside the Morecambe penalty area. Harry Clifton squared it. I said just a couple of moments ago how dangerous Danny Rose was, scored in the reverse fixture at Blundell Park earlier in the season, and it gives Grimsby Town a very, very early lead here at Morecambe nil, Grimsby 1. That is a catastrophic start for the Shrimps. Yeah, not what we wanted at all. Uh, we give them a lot of confidence there, and uh, it's just come from sort of nothing really. It's like we haven't switched on yet. Um, it seemed, you know, Clifton seemed to have acres of room just to pick out Danny Rose in the, in the box, and like I say, player like Danny Rose he's not missing from there you know he's just put it on a plate for him and uh, you know he'll eat that up all day long so a disappointing start for us and we've got a lot of work cut out for us now Slew into the feet of Adams gets the 1-2 back here's Jordan Slew inside the penalty area oh, just deflected the wrong side yeah. of the post thought that was going to nestle in the bottom corner of Harvey Cartwright's net brilliant play brilliant between work. Adams and Slew Edwards Songa right hand side senior into the feet of Way on Edwards, 25 yards out, going to try and cut in field, perhaps twisted and turning. Brilliant. Brilliant run that from Way on Edwards and lets a rocket go towards the near post, which is parried away by Harvey Cartwright. Left hand side is Denver Hume, he's going to try and drive past Senior, gets a low crossing, which is dealt with by Jan Songo. And we now we might have a breakaway down this right hand side. Guion Edwards getting into top gear down the right flank, still going. Guion Edwards gets the cross towards the near post. That's the equaliser we wanted. Cartwright couldn't handle it, and we smash it in from close range. And it's Jordan Slew, 52 on the watch. And it's on as even at Morecambe 1, Grimsby 1. That was the early goal in the second half. Just what we needed. That is exactly what we needed. could barely see what was going on there to be honest it's a, it's a brilliant breakaway great ball from Jan Tongo to find uh, by Guion Edwards and brilliant play again from Guion he's been brilliant today and you know like I say the shot from Guion too hot to handle from Cartwright and I think it just ricochets off so you know quicker than we could actually see sort of seemed to come off and next thing you know the ball's in the back of the net but hey it doesn't matter how you score them. as I said in the first half all you need is an ugly goal Ricochet, anything comes off a knee, comes off an like That's elbow. That's the bounce anything. of the ball that we it needed. Is. It is. You don't have to score a perfect goal. You need to score the ugly goal sometimes. Get yourself back in it, and there we go. And here is the road runner, Joel Senior down the right hand side. He's still going. He's Joel. He's made a good 40-50 yards of space, and now is it, is oh. it put in now, and it's into oh. the net by Kumpeni. Oh, he had far more time than what it he realised there. Snatches at the effort, hands on his head. But what about that run from Joel Senior? I'll tell you I what. thought Joe Adams was going to open his account I there, and the well. ball fell to Kumpeni. Yeah. Oh, no! A brilliant, brilliant play from Joel. We've seen him do that so, so many times this season. He's been excellent. When he gets his head down and goes at players. And as far as Stokes, Slew. First time into the feet of Nelson Kumbeni. Edwards making a nuisance of himself. Tries to find the bottom corner. That is a brilliant tip round the post by Harvey Cartwright. I thought for all money there that 
Quion Edwards had made it 2-1 Shrimps looked at, like it was past it's, Cartwright it's, almost yeah, and he just gets play. a fingertip round you know what it's brilliant play from Quion there to beat his man again and get the shot away and thought he was going to nestle in but it's a great save from Cartwright to get that round the post good strong hand Slew left hand side gets across oh, it it's a real deep oh, one as well the knee. oh it kicks off the bar and it's oh, in it it was Jordi Hawula. Oh. That was the chance for him to score the winning goal on his debut. A really deep ball from Jordan Slew. Almost beat everybody. Oh. And as it came back out on the back post, Hawula was there. Oh, and he's fluffed his lines. I say what it's a, it's a teasing, teasing ball from Jordan Slew. It's, it's deceived everyone to hit the post, come out to Hawula, and he's just snatched at his shot, and it just agonisedly bobbles wide. That was the moment, Stu. It was. 80, 89th minute. I think if that goes in, game's done, put to bed. Malarkey oh, gets the better of him. We might have an overload here. on here if we're not careful. Abo Iset, left hand side. Redshirt's desperately trying to get back. Iset pulls the ball across. Oh, it's, it's my God. oh how did he miss? Can't believe he's that missed is, that. That's got to be missed of the season. Wow. I have no idea how that hasn't gone in. And the Grimsby man just lies flat on his back inside the six-yard area. We were almost undone there, down the left-hand side. They did have a man over on the counter-attack. Isa plays the ball across from the byline, and somehow it's put over the bar. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. Will Finney puts the whistle to his lips, and it's on as even here at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium this Saturday afternoon. And a frustrating one, you have to say, for Morecambe. Missing a few key players through injury and suspension this afternoon and also having to fight back from conceding a goal after just over 60 seconds. It was Danny Rose who swept it in. We were fast asleep from the kickoff. Harry Clifton, the freedom of the Morecambe penalty area and Rose from close range, sweeping it in past Archie Mayer inside the second minute. We huffed and puffed, couldn't quite get some clear chances on goal as we headed towards half-time. But second half, we came out much brighter. We equalised on 52 minutes. Guion Edwards did ever so well down the right-hand side. Man of the match performance today from Guion. His first full 90 minutes in a Morecambe shirt as well this afternoon. And uh, after a bit of a confusion, I think it was Jordan Slew, uh, who it came off last and bobbled into the net in front of the Halo Terrace for the equaliser. After that, Nelson Kumbeni could have made himself a hero. Shanked it wide when well placed. Edwards has had two great efforts as well. Really well saved by Harry Cartwright. One in particular low down to his right-hand side. Thought for all money it was in the bottom corner. Jordi Hiwula as well could have made himself a hero. Coming off the bench to make his debut for Morecambe this Saturday afternoon. Had more time than perhaps he realised at the back post. And his effort dribbled wide of the mark in the 89th minute. Grimsby could have snatched it at the death as well with that one uh, when it was pulled back inside the six-yard area. So Morecambe goalkeeper Stu Moore alongside us on co-commentary this afternoon. A decent enough point, all things considered, given the fact that we did go down 1-0 early in the game, but that's a frustrating one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a frustrating afternoon for us um, to concede as early as we did, you know, get back into the game second half, early in the second half and, you know, dominate the majority of that second half. Just at the end, we, you know, even at the end we could have lost the game there. So it could be, uh, you know, a very important point come the end of the season and especially with results as well elsewhere going our way so you know looking at the table now as it stands we're up to 10th um, with results going our way elsewhere um, 
just disappointing we couldn't, you know, we couldn't quite get the ball over the line. Like I say, Harvey Cartwright making a great save from Guion Edwards and Geordie who would have had a big chance at the end as well. But we've had our chances today. We couldn't quite, you know, couldn't quite put the game to bed really. So, and that's the frustrating thing. Obviously, we were, after the other night, disappointing night the other night, we would have wanted to come here, win on home, our home yeah. soil today against a team lower in the league. And you know what? Sometimes though, these are the most difficult games. You know, you come into a game like this, you're expected to win. Everyone expects you to win, and you know it's hard because ultimately the team you're playing against are fighting for their lives yeah. at the other end. So it means just as much to them as it does to you. And sometimes as well, when the teams are down there, you don't know what you're going to get from them. When you play the teams near the top, it's easy to get yourself up for. You know how they're going to play because they've had success. The teams down the bottom, they don't have that success. So sometimes they change the way they play, and you know it can be hard to combat. So it's a tough, tough day at the office. But at the end of the day, it's another point on the board, and you know, big game gets crew next week now. It's that paradox, too, isn't it? Like you say, against playing teams who are scrapping for survival at the bottom end, and playing teams who are going for playoffs or automatic promotion. It's a different mindset completely, and I think, as you've alluded to, there, it poses a different challenge as a player. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's easy to get up for the games, you know, the big games, the Wrexhams and, you know, the, the likes of that. And, you know, you, you know how they're going to play. You've seen plenty of it and you know there's going to be a big crowd. And, you know, these games are difficult. You're playing near the bottom of the league. Everyone expects you to win. They think you should just go out there and walk it. And they're the difficult games because they're, they're scrapping for their lives and they will battle for every single ball. You know, don't get me wrong. It is disappointing to lose these games, but you look elsewhere in the league today and there's been shock results elsewhere in the league. So, you know, yes, we have won, but we haven't lost. We've got another point on the board and, you know, it takes us closer to where we want to be at the end of the season. And, you know, the ultimate thing is we're still in the hunt for it as well. So, you know, a few more wins and I think we're only a couple of points out from that playoff position now. So, it's yeah, it's disappointing, obviously, you know, with Tuesday's game and today's game, we haven't made more ground. But at the end of the day, there's still a lot more to play for, so we just pick ourselves up and we go again. 48 points from 33 games as it stands, up to 10th place, but it's still very tight, isn't it? You look, Gillingham have got a brilliant result against Wrexham this afternoon to pull them into the uh, playoff positions, but then you look, they've got 51, and you look all the way down to Newport in 16th on 46. So that's what, 11 teams. But Gillingham have also played a game more as well, so True. there's that as well. But if you're Newport in 16th at the moment, you're thinking one win, suddenly you're on the fringes again. And, and that's how tight it is this season. That's the thing as well, because there's so many teams, every week there's teams in that mix playing against each other. So it's going to be teams that are having to drop points at some point. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to win points, you're going to lose points. It's, it's just who you lose them to and who you pick them up against, which is massively important at this time. And you know, hopefully we can pick up the points we need against the teams we need to and, you know, keep ourselves right up there. Man of the match, undoubtedly Guion Edwards this yeah. afternoon, Stu. His first 90 minutes in the Morecambe shirt, which we are all absolutely delighted with. Thought he might have been withdrawn after an hour because we are no doubt managing him through games because we want to keep him as fit as possible because he's going to be a key player for us. But great first that he managed to last the whole game. I know he's got a week to recover now before next Saturday, no midweek game for Morecambe uh, this week. But uh, could have been the hero a couple of times, I suppose, from a, a goalkeeper's union point of view as well. You, you were quite impressed with the saves that Harvey Cartwright made. Yeah, definitely. You know, Harvey Cartwright, he had a good game and he's come here and he's done his job. He's kept the ball out. He's made one terrific save from Guirion. You know, the one first half, obviously, you know, he'd be very disappointed if he didn't make, but he stood up strong and, and he's dealt with it. So, you know, it's 
Guion has been very, very sharp today. And, and the good news is, like you say, we've got another week now for, for him to recover before the next game because that is his first 90 minutes and I'm sure he'll be feeling the effects of it. And, you know, we've obviously got a few players that are struggling with little niggles and knocks. So hopefully we might have a few back for next week as well, which gives, you know, gives the manager something to think about as well in his squad selection and just gives him a few more options. So hopefully, yeah, that, that week off could be could be key for us you know not having a Tuesday game and having a little bit more time to recover and then we we get back into the thick of it again with the, the Saturday Tuesday so the season's uh, coming up thick and fast now and uh, before you know it the blink of an eye is going to be over so hopefully we'll be um, in a lot stronger position big game next week though Stu massive game you know what they're all big games now Dave so they are aren't they they're, they're all you know all games to look forward to so away to can... away to a team in an automatic promotion space yep and you know it's going to be one of those games we're going to have to go there and we're going to have to put in a performance and you know who knows what will happen this league anything can happen and just before you go Stu let's have a, a fitness update from yourself delighted to when I came in about half past 12 to see you putting a pair of gloves on and you were doing a bit of a gentle light ball work with, with, with Baz weren't you some catches and some, some lights not at full tilt yet but uh, that was great to see yeah it's brilliant um, it's the third session I've done this week now which is you know involved the ball and being out on the on the grass it's a uh, it's not a huge amount at the moment but it's a massive step forward which is brilliant so still working very much on the strength side of it and uh, making sure everything's correct but to be able to get out there now and actually be able to you know catch a ball and do a few different goalkeeping movements it feels brilliant so you know and we're looking probably five five weeks yeah probably five to six weeks i'd say so probably looking towards the end of march before i'm back fully training and yeah i think it's going to go very quickly now so now i'm back out there it's uh yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable. I'm actually seeing seeing the ball and seeing a bit of a bit of the grass again. Always great to have you on Co-Coms, Chiefs. Thank you very much indeed, my friend. Dave. And uh, have a great weekend. Cheers, Dave, and you. Thank you very much. It's the Morecambe goalkeeper, Stuart Moore, alongside us on Shrimps Live this uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, first of all, you had a 1-1 draw with Grimsby. Just your overall thoughts on the game itself? It was a tough one, to be honest. It was a hard one to swallow today. Um, considered another early goal, which really, really was annoying. Um, spoke to the lads about it just then. You can't keep going into games, conceding early goals and chasing the game. I told them we've got to stay in games in this league and we stay in games, you go on to win games. And Even though we went a goal behind today, we still could have won the game comfortably with the chances that we missed. But saying that, they had a really good chance late on. So, maybe 5-2 would have been a fair result. Danny Rose scored. I mean, it was pretty criminal to allow Danny Rose at space and time in a box to score like that. Yeah, you can't afford top players like that. It, 10 yards in the box when we've looked at it just now it's, he has got loads of space in the box so I don't know what what we were thinking whether we were mentally, mentally not tuned in to start the game off I don't know we'll have a good think about that how we're going to sort of solve this problem that we're conceding goals early on but maybe I'm going on about it too much I don't know but we'll see we'll see first 10-15 minutes struggle to get into the game but after that it seems a case if you get one you're going to win this game it just didn't quite happen that way Definitely, there were some really, really good performances today. I'd say after 20, minute, 20 minutes, what you just said, we controlled the game right through. In the second half, we were by far the better team. I think we had seven corners on the bounce and obviously never put the ball in the net, but we missed a few good chances. It was good to get Jordy on the pitch as well, so a lot of positives to take out the game as well today. Talking of positives, Gwyn Edwards got the man of the match. He got his first 90 minutes and I thought he was tremendous. They looked a class above. You can see the quality he's got. Image all down the right hand side. Going to kill any team in this league if we can get the ball to them. I saw. I thought we were giving it to them first half, and then we start. We starved them of it quite for a bit. And, and it's it's silly because when we when you give them the ball, we're taking chance after chance after chance. So we just have to keep giving it. But um, as you say, he was outstanding today, and he could have had a goal himself. Off great save off their keeper. I can only see one winner 
until the last five, six minutes, including the added time. And I thought they might go and snatch it. And I always miss that chance at the end. I never know. As you said, I was all over the place today because obviously I was up the stand, so I missed it. I was in the tunnel waiting for the whistle to go, and I just heard a roar. So thank God it never went in. I'd, I'll have to look at it. I haven't seen it, but apparently it was a sitter. But someone's looking down on us, thank God. Mad day again today in League Two. We spoke about it a few times, but every point is going to be vital now, and that could be a good point in the end. Yeah, definitely. I said to them in the change room then, I said, listen, lads, every point, as you've said, every point's good in this league, just don't get beat. And at the end, when, when we were kam- kamikaze bombing on forward, I was screaming to, to, to sol- make us solid and not concede. But we never, we went for the jugular and we nearly, we nearly conceded ourselves. But as you say, the league's been crazy today and everyone's beaten everyone. And we've actually gone up a place, so we've gone up to 10th and we're three points behind the playoffs, so we're still well in it. And a good goal for Jordan Slew as well. Nice to see him back on the score sheet. Yeah, he's done quite well. Slew, in the last few weeks, scoring goals. Um, yeah, it was great. A great run by, as you said, by Guion. I think he's run the whole length of the pitch with the ball. Accelerated past the lad at the end, and it's a good ball in to keep it at the palm without a Jordan. You got Jordy who all the some minutes after he came on. What do you think he'll do for you? I think he'll score a lot of goals. I really do. He's a he's a goal poacher. He should have scored today. To be fair, he's just said to me, "Sorry in the change room." I said, "But listen, he's he's, he's rusty. He hasn't played many games this season. So any games this season. So it's going to take him time. But be patient with him. He will score goals." You've got a week off now for the next game. Your first week off for quite some time. Is is that really welcome? Yeah, it'd be nice to rest the lads up, to be fair. You can see they were very jaded today. and Obviously, they've had a lot of games lately. Such a small squad. So, obviously, we'll, we'll get some rest this week. We'll be in training every year, but we'll, we'll take, a, take it down a notch or two and hopefully get ready for Saturday. Your first game as a manager, watching from the sidelines, how was that for you? The hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I, sat, I sat upstairs in a box with um, my son and my wife and they were both talking to me. No, don't speak to me, please. Just leave me alone. But yeah, I moved. I moved about quite a bit just to get the minutes down. So it's really tough. Jed, a good point in the end. Well done. It was. I'm happy with that. In the end, good, obviously, I'm not happy. We never won the three points, but I'm happy we got a point and never threw it away at the end. Jed, thanks as always. Thank no, Jed Garner today. Jed, what's the latest on him? He had a scan the other day. He had a one B, which is which is ten days. So he's, this is his seventh day now. So he'll, he'll be 100 percent to be ready for next week. Um, Jake Taylor not in the squad today. What's the news there? He's got a, a thigh strain. We didn't want to risk him today. Uh, Jake, he picked it up in training on Thursday, so got to be careful with him. And obviously, we'll see it. We'll assess him back on Monday. Well, we and a one-one draw with Grimsby Town. He had to come from behind once again, but uh, in the end, a decent point for you. Yeah, I think um, it's a decent point in the end. I think we can take a lot of positives from the game, but um, I think we've got to really work on this week now. Not not conceding so early on and staying in the game for that first 15-20 minutes I think it's let us down today and I think maybe on another day it's 4-5-1 we had a lot of chances and made some good blocks but we've got to take them chances and put the game to bed and um, we've just got to work on now just staying in the game for that 20 minutes and we do that we go on to win games so we'll work on that this week and hopefully we can go on the run next month get a few games together a few wins and close that gap again you give yourself a lot to do, aren't you? Because by going behind every week, you can't keep coming back and winning games. No, it's it's difficult. Um, I think you can look on the on the positive sides of it. We've we've we did stay in the game. Cause we've we've everyone's put that fight in, and we've got that mentality to come back in game. We've shown that. And if you look at the whole month, I think we've had we've had some good results and good points. So if you look at the whole month together, it's it's actually been a good month. But. Um, if you want to carry on now we need we need to tighten that and go on another run of games and 
and get try and keep keeping those touching distance. But we've got to go game by game. But it's a lot of positives today. But hopefully next week we can take them chances and put the game to bed early. Fantastic to see you get the full ninety minutes as well. Yeah, nice. No, oh, it's really pleasing. Been been itching to start the game. Um, but obviously we've been on a good run and obviously the changes all the subs coming on made an impact on the game but it's good to be out there especially at home and get 90 minutes um, a lot of positive as well just a shame I didn't didn't put one of them shots sh- shots to bed but another day we 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 get a goal or two and we win the game you had a part to play obviously assist for the goal and then one effort which I think was going in but seemed to hit Jordan Slew on the back yeah I'm not sure who were hit um, yeah I think the 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 cross for the goal it was good we worked the ball well down that side and obviously we had a few few chances and probably another day they go in and we win the game but that's that's football for you Is it quite a disappointing dressing room that you didn't win the game in the end? Yeah of course um, it's a good point in the end but um, no we are we are disappointed we're disappointed in the fact that we we need to stop conceding so early in games because if we can stay in, stay in the game for that first period we have chances in games and we know we've got the fight to come back into it so if we can we can get that side of the game right now and we'll we'll beat most teams in this league some crazy results again in league two today and it, it is every point is going to be vital isn't it so in the end it could be a good point yeah so it's, it's a good point we've not lost the game so it's a point gained and um we just got to learn from this now and come we've got a whole week now to rest recover and on to saturday and hopefully we can we can uh, get the three points. It's been a hectic time, so is that a week break quite good for you? Yeah, no, we need that. Um, it's been a busy period. Um, we get a good good bit of rest this week now and work on what we need to go into Saturday and obviously work on what we've done wrong today and obviously we just need to be a bit more ruthless in front of goal and we end up winning 4-1 if we, if we can take them chances. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for downloading this episode of the pod. Really appreciate it. A reminder, we are the only place where you can hear full match commentary of every single Morecambe game this season for free, home and away on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio across North Lancashire and Morecambe Bay. And of course, you can always subscribe via I Follow Shrimps as well. No midweek game for uh, the Morecambe boys this week, which is a bit of a relief after... Three away games uh, on a row and uh, two on consecutive Tuesday nights and then a trip to South London in between. Just take it out of your all is travelling. But uh, we've got a full week to prepare for the trip to Crew Alexandra on Saturday. Looking forward to that. It's going to be another massive game. Crew massively in the automatic promotion race. There is no doubt about that. If you're not heading down to Grassy Road, of course, we'll be on air from just before 2.55 with all the action live. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Jack from Standing Alone, which is uh, uh, an online uh, blog, podcast, uh, social media feed, and uh, generally uh, all things Crew Alexandra. Jack, a huge Alex fan. Uh, unusually, uh, he lives not in this country, uh, but in Indonesia, uh, which he'll explain all about in just a bit. But Jack, the ideal man to get the full lowdown on Lee Bell's men ahead of our visit there next Saturday. Firstly, I have to ask before we get going, um, how does a Crew Alexandra fan end up in South Asia? 
wow, this could go for like a whole hour if you wanted to. Uh, basically, I'm a, I'm a foreign language teacher. So I moved to Asia in 2018 and I've moved around different countries in that time. And yeah, eventually ended up in uh, Indonesia where I've been for the last uh, you know year, couple of years now. So yeah, enjoying uh, living in a much warmer climate to the UK. Which... Jack, you've been a, a long time through Alexandra fan. Obviously, you've been to Gresty Road many, many thousands of times, but uh, now consume via, via iFollow and, and, and online methods. Yes, yes, it's, it's 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 difficult. Of course, I do. It's one of the biggest things I miss being out here is not being able to go to the games regularly. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's not the same. Obviously, I follow, but it, it you know at least I get to watch them. You know, every week, and you know, I can feel connected to the club still, which is nice. So it's not the same, but it'll do for now. <laughs> and what made you start a, a podcast and a blog and doing online content about crew? Well, the funny thing is, for me, like I had my, it was it was under my own personal name um, for like since 2014. I just started, you know, I like writing. I always have, and I, I started writing about the club in 2014, you know, on and off. Um, but then the last few years since I've moved to Asia, I think it's because again I'm I'm separated from the fan base. I'm not around them full time. I don't get to sit in the pub and talk with fans about their, uh, you know, the games and the experiences. I, I've blogged more in the last few years, um, so that's why I've sort of done that. My standing alone um, comes from the song Blue Moon, um, you know, a bit of a play on words, you know, yeah. Um, so that's I decided to create my own, uh, like a, a club-based profile, because I saw a few other clubs had done that. They create their own, like, you know, separate accounts, and they use their personal account for other things. So, yeah, basically, that's what I did. I decided to create my own account on there, and I've you know, tried to build it up slowly. I'm not, I was never trying to do anything with, like, a goal in mind, and again, I did the pod more because, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the Alex. Um, you know, I, I don't get to talk about it verbally with anybody else. So I, I thought I'll give it a go. I, I only get small numbers on there. It's not the same as like the Rail Women podcast who do fantastic numbers. They've really got a good podcast going there. Uh, but for me, it's just my own personal enjoyment more than trying to broadcast it to the masses. There's been an explosion, hasn't there, Jack, over the last few years? I think lockdown helps as well to a, exactly, a large extent yeah. of fan-driven online content that's youtube yeah, or podcasts yeah, or social yeah. media whatever and uh, i think it doesn't matter who you support that's got to be good the more content that fans can consume the better really i would hope so yeah i mean let's say you know if anybody wants to check it out then you know like my, my numbers on my blog are doing quite well at the moment like last few years i've seen a rise in numbers but again it's always been again it's always for me about my personal enjoyment i have a very particular writing style i know i have a particular sort of engagement style as you might have seen from my Twitter feed. Sometimes I can rub people up the wrong way. I never I never mean to do that, but you know, I can be a bit confrontational and a bit controversial at times. I don't try to be that, but sometimes that's how I come across. So some people like it, some people don't. But yeah, it's football, isn't it? It's all about opinions and yeah, some people some it's for them, some it's not. Football's absolutely a game of opinions. And if it wasn't, then it'd be very boring, wouldn't it? I suppose. So search standing alone on socials. If you just put standing alone Pro Alexander into a search engine, you see everything you need to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are in the playoff spots. And uh, by all things considered, uh, it's not been a bad old season so far. No, yeah, it's very much been a case of like a you know a season of surprises. You know, I think most pundits predicted us to be in the bottom six, bottom eight. You know, even a couple of others on. I think in relegation battles. I mean, I can see why they thought that. There was a lot of concerns over the goals in the team. We'd lost Dan Ajay, um, who took sixteen goals with him to Leighton Orient. We lost a couple of the key contributors. They mean lost starting goalkeeper James Beadle, um, who had been on loan. Uh, we lost Ryan Finnegan, who'd been an influential midfielder. So there was a lot of uncertainty about summer like the transfer deals uh, Lee Bell was going into his first full season as a manager with the club after taking over in November last year or in 2022 
Um, so yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty about the club, um, you know, and what which direction they were going to go in, you know, about Bell, about the team. But they had a fantastic summer in transfer dealings. They really did. They knocked it out of the park. A couple of signings haven't worked out quite so well, but for the most part, some of the signings we brought in have been unbelievable signings. We've signed, uh, of course, we signed um, Jack Powell, who's been a big influence in midfield. Unfortunately, he's lost to a, a ACL injury. He was out from like middle of October time. Um, you know, he was uh, missing from a, uh, you know, for an ACL tear, which is unfortunate. And we've had a few other injuries over November and December. But generally, yeah, we've been able to keep the winning run going. We had a bit of a blip over December time. But yeah, generally, we've just kept suppressing and exceeding expectations. Yeah, I think the expectation was mid-table would have been good. And now I think everyone's thinking, you know what, there's no reason why we can't make the playoffs and maybe even, you know, see if we can sneak one of those last three spots. So, yeah, hopefully we've, the, the expectations have been raised and been a really good season so far, yeah. So let's talk about Lee Bell, his first proper managerial role. What did you think when he was appointed and have has your opinion changed from then <laughs> to now? Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. I was not I was not for the, the the appointment of Lee Bell. The club often go internal with their managerial appointments. They always have, and that it's it's worked out to a certain extent. We had a, we had Steve Davis in 2012, and he had a good first couple of years with the club, but then it went downhill after that. He's now at Wolves with their development sort of squad. And um, then we had Dave Artell, who, of course, you know, Morgan fans will know very very well. Um, you know, he was with us for you know he took over after Steve Davis was sacked in 2017. First couple of years were a bit of a struggle as he developed his style, he got his team together. And then in 2019-20, we had an unbelievable season. We finished second in the table. Well, arguably top because points per game saw us drop to second, unfortunately, which is a bit of a, it still rankles with crew fans, I think, that we ended up being bumped to second, even though we finished top. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know the, the season after, 2021, Great, great season for Artel again. Unfortunately, 21-22 was a disaster. We sold a lot of our key players in like so Charlie Kirk, Harry Pickering, Perry and G. They all left and we just fell off a cliff. And unfortunately, Dave Artel lost his job. Um, but we've always got internal with our appointments. You know, the last time we went external was back in 2000, I think, in nine with good John Thorderson. And so we've always got internal and it's worked to a certain extent. But I think some fans, including myself, wanted to see them go in a different direction and have a look outside the club. You know, maybe not to go, always go internal because I personally didn't know enough about Bell to say that he could have been a good choice. I thought it was another one of those appointments where it was it was a yes man for the board. Um, and we were at a very vulnerable time in that at that point in November of 2022. You know, we weren't performing very well. We were slipping down the table. And it did look like if we get this appointment wrong, you know, Alex Morris, I forgot to mention as well, he, appoint, he was appointed... Um, at the start of last season, and he, his tenure was very short. He didn't work out. He quit for personal reasons, and then Lee Bell took over. So I think there was a lot of reason to suggest that this appointment was really a 50-50 coin flip. And I was a bit concerned that he lacked the experience and the knowledge and the you know, the coaching nows to be a good manager for the club. But they st he stabilised us really well last se in the second half of last season. He got a couple of key loanees in, the likes of Ryan Finnegan and James Beadle. And and stabilised us. Dan Ajay hit some new form, and that was really important for us. And yeah, we stabilised. But again, still a lot of uncertainty coming into this season about what he was going to do with us. But as I said, we've signed a lot of good players in the summer. Mickey Dimitriou as well as another example. And then you know he's he's had a really good transfer window. And he, I think what's 
about Bell is it's not so much about him as a manager, it's about his support team. He's got a fantastic support team there. Our assistant manager, Ryan Dicker, I think has been the, one of the unsung heroes of this team. He's often on the sidelines giving Bell instructions and helping him with his team selections, his tactics. So I think for the for the first time in a long time, I think we've got not just a manager that's doing well for the club, we've got an assistant manager who's really helping you know with, with the decisions, really pulling his weight. So it's a it's much more of a shared uh, responsibility there, which I think has helped uh, dramatically. So, yeah, I'll be honest, I was against Feld from the beginning. But, yeah, he's definitely won me and I think almost all doubters over with what he's been able to do over the last 12 months. It's been fantastic. The one player I did want to ask you about was obviously Ryan Cooney. Uh, I think we were a bit disappointed to lose him, along with many other players, in, in the summer. He did really well for us. We would have loved him to have stayed. But how has he done for you guys? Mixed, if I'm being honest, mixed. He's he struggled to get like a run of games together. Every time he starts two or three, the manager then drops him. Or if he starts a game, he quite often comes off after 45 minutes or an hour. It didn't start so well for him, unfortunately, in the pre-season. He came and there was a few photos of him. And if we're being brutally honest, he looked overweight. He didn't look match fit. And then he wasn't given like starting games with the first team in the pre-season. He didn't start the first couple of games in the summer, in, in August, when the season kicked off. He got a few games, was dropped for a few weeks, got a few games. So he's been in and out of the team quite often. And the, I think the biggest problem I have, me personally, with Ryan Cooney is I struggle to know what he's really good at. He never really seems like he has one outstanding attribute. He's not particularly attacking or quick. He's not big big in the air. He's not a great defender. He's kind of average in a lot of ways. I don't think he's a bad player, but I just don't know what he's particularly good at. So I don't know if, if Bell's a bit disappointed by him in terms of what he's produced for the club, but at the moment, he's not in the team. He's been um, he's now the second choice right back um, in place of one of our own youngsters called Lewis Billington, who will more than likely barring injury, start against Morecambe. Um, he's now basically taken over the mantle of the starting right-back because for the longest time, Cooney's had a few games where he's looked all right and then he's had a shocker, then he's come back in and it's just been a bit of a mixed sort of bag for him, unfortunately. So, yeah, not been, you know, not a disaster signing, but not a great one either. Kind of like, yeah, very mixed. Interesting, Jack. Interesting. So let's look at that team then. Um, tell us everything, everything we need to know. Formations, What, what what's the intel? can probably nail down seven, eight, nine starters with reasonable certainty. But there's been a bit of speculation about a few of our players. You know, we, we just lost Joe White back to Newcastle. He was on loan for the first half of the season. He was excellent for us once he sort of stepped up in October and November and really took the mantle of being the key dynamic in the midfield. Um, so he was like, he's going to be a big loss for us. I'll be honest, he's going to be a real big loss. Um, we have signed Lewis Lee, a young uh, loanee from Preston. He was at Bromley in the first half of the season. He looks quite bright. Bell's been experimenting with different formations, trying to get the, the, the right team. You know, he's it's worked most of the time, but he's still trying to get that sweetness of like where he wants everybody to be. And um, so more than likely, it, it could depend. I mean, away from home, they sometimes decide to do different systems. I would imagine, though, his preferred system at the moment seems to be a version of the 4-3-3-4-2-3-1. So you're more than likely going to see Mickey Dimitriou, um, a long-time experienced League 2 defender at the back. Fullbacks will be Rio Adebisi and... uh, Lewis Billington, again, two of our own graduates there again. Then we'll have Aaron Rowe, a loanee from Huddersfield, who's come in and he's done quite well for the club. He might play on the right wing or in the attacking midfield. And then we might start Shiloh Tracy. Depends on his form. He's not been, he's had a, he had a good start to the season, but he's really fallen off in the last few months and he's struggled to produce goals. And then up front, again, it can depend. We, we've started Courtney Baker-Richardson, who's been our main start centre-forward. But uh, Elliot Nevitt, who's been our sort of backup centre-forward, he's actually done probably arguably better than C- uh, 
Courtney Baker Richardson has. So it could be one of them. It could be both of them. So in terms of the forward areas, quite fluid. But yeah, the back four, the the keeper and the two midfielders are probably set in stone. And it's just about you know form and fitness depending on the, the front three or four. Um, so not not 100% sure how we'll start those guys. What areas can we get success from an attacking point of view? We like to play a counter-attack, high tempo. Will that get some success? It, it, it's funny, really, because obviously we haven't lost many games. It's really hard mm. to say, like, you know, but, but then we have conceded a lot of goals. So our defence is quite open, if I'm being honest. Yeah, we we struggle to sometimes protect out wide. Getting crosses in will be a big sort of a source of success uh, for Jed Brennan, if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to get the balls out wide. You know, if you want to just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like you're a kind of team that just lump balls into the box because we, we eat that up all day. You know, we'll just head those out all day. Conor Reardon and Dimitriou will just head them out for, you know, for as long as you like. But if you get it down and play quick football around us, then there can be some openings. We do give teams chances. We're not a team that will just shut you out completely. So I wouldn't bank on us keeping a clean sheet or getting it to a nil-nil or one-nil. I know we've had a couple of one-nils recently, but we are quite an open team uh, generally. So I think there will be chances for you guys on the counter-attack. Um, you know, if you play with a bit of pace and run it as directly, I think that will cause some issues. So yeah, I think that'll be the area to focus on rather than just set pieces because we do, we do, Quite well again, so it's but open play, a bit more shaky. Sounds like it could be quite an open game and, and, and quite an enjoyable one as well, hopefully. Um, we've had some good battles in the past, haven't we? So uh, no reason why this oh, one yeah. can't be any different. Oh yeah, well that's, that's more. I, I was I was like Morecambe on the schedule. If I'm being honest, just going on a bit of a tangent here. Like you know, I know you guys have had obviously a bit of a, a run of it in the last few years with like your finances and the ownership issues. Uh, but I do like Morecambe as a club. You know, they're almost like us in a way, like punching above your weight in this league. Um, you know, so having a small budget, always like written off for promotion every single season, and anything you do is always seen as a a, a, a raise of expectations. And if I'm being honest, I do like the you know your stadium there. It's a nice little stadium there. You've got there. It's a nice walk across the, you know, I've, I've been there a few times myself and seen a few results uh, in my time at uh, that stadium. We have had a bit of, uh, I remember I, I looked at our, our head-to-head records and I was shocked at like how good our head-to-head is against you guys. I think we've only lost like, since you've moved into the Globe Arena or whatever you call it now, I think we've only lost like twice or three times in the last yeah. like 10 meetings. We've had a, a very good run. So if that can continue, I'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, great to chat, mate. Really appreciate your time. Just before you go, um, Tell me what constitutes a good season for Crow Alexander from from here on in. You've done the bulk of the hard work. Can you sustain it and get that top seven? It's very, very tight up there, isn't it? Oh, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think, yeah, if we'd have finished in the top half, everyone would have been delighted with that season. Now that we're in the top seven, though, anything less than top seven, I think would be really disappointing. If we slip into eighth or ninth, uh, it's going to be a real sickener for us. Imagine as a fan base, the minimum now is top seven. Make sure we get that one of those playoff spots. And then everything after that is just gravy. So, yeah, hopefully top seven is the aim and we can reach that. That'll be, that'll be great. Just before you go, give us a sales pitch one more time. Where do we find all of the standing alone content? Uh, just on my Twitter feed. So, you know, just standing alone. I think yeah, I forget the actual full Twitter handle. But yeah, standing alone on uh, social media. Um, I'm also on uh, sp- uh, um, podcasters um, where I do my podcasts. Um, so, yeah, I, I put out podcasts once or twice a week, previewing and reviewing games. And I also have an, 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 on, an online blog as well. Um, so any, I, I put out a lot of written content, previews, reviews of that kind of stuff. So yeah, anyone who's interested, they can go and check that out. Appreciate that, Jack. Good luck for the rest of the season, mate. Not that uh, not that you'll uh, need it, I don't think. We'll probably catch up in a few weeks' time when we're playing the reverse fixture because it's soon going to come back around, isn't it? So uh, exactly. good luck until then. Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs>
Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.